everybody. Daniel Ramsey here with my outcast. Today, I'm excited because I've got Travis Tom on. Now, he is the owner of a marketing agency, and we're going to talk all about virtual assistant. Plus, he's got a new product, and I'm excited to talk about this because in the last four months, he just told me he generated 35,000 leads, which is nuts. And so, hey, Travis, thanks for being here. Of course, no, Daniel, thank you. I'm excited to uh, dive into it. Yeah, so let's give everybody kind of a, an idea of who you are, like a little backstory, because you've kind of got a cool history, like being in the commercial world and then transitioning to a marketing agency. So let's start there. Definitely. So I, I um, actually grew up in the real estate industry, started when I was 18 years old as a real estate agent. So I've been in the real estate industry for 20 years, but you know, I transitioned from being a brokerage owner into being more of a, a marketing consultant a little over seven uh, years ago, where we were doing a lot of marketing for new construction developments for our clientele at the time that we had these really, you know, big projects, you know, these like $200 million kind of inventory you know, townhouse projects and condos kind of all scattered across the city. And what I fell in love with was the marketing side of it. And during that time, we started to see more people request that we do marketing for their projects. And it kind of grew to, hey, you know, we've got something going on in Texas. We've got something going on in, you know, Scottsdale in California. Can you help us with that? To the point where I said, you know what, let's start to really move in that direction and Mm. got more of the marketing side of it. So, you know, long story short, kind of fast track it, I became a Facebook marketing strategist. I, I sit on the advisory board at Facebook headquarters. I'm a consultant and advisor to them. And over the past, you know, some years we've generated a little over 800,000 leads yes. from our Facebook ad campaigns. And we've grown three different online marketing companies um, from a software company to a marketing agency company. And it really, you know, it it grew pretty fast in terms of um, the amount of exposure we got where I was starting to, you know, drown pretty quickly in the number of clients I could take on and the tasks that I was having to do. Right. You kind of, you learn as you go. And so it was, it was then I think when we actually met, met you and, and got onboarded into uh, my out desk. And the rest is history. Where, you yeah. know, it's all been, <laughs> and we fell in love in first sight. No, okay. Um, right. So let's talk about agency and virtual assistant. Like, how do they tie together in your industry? How should a company like yours even think about hiring a virtual assistant? What can be done? What can't be done? And what are some of the tricks to the trade that you've learned over the years working with us? You know, it, it's it's interesting when you start to when you're good, when we, you know, moving from a one man shop, right. And kind of growing yeah. into the transition. It's, it's always these major pain points where and thankfully, you know, I, I've, I've had about 12 different businesses, you know, since my early twenties and I understand a pattern and the pattern typically is you start doing things kind of analog style, right? You do it, you know, on your own, you basically go through this kind of, you know, this pattern. And then you realize that, okay, now I've got the system that I'm starting to refine and do, whether you know it or not, your routine is your system. And then you realize that, well, because it's just you or maybe your spouse or, you know, a business partner, there's only so much you can really scale. So you start to then hit this wall where you realize, okay, my work is getting a little sloppy. Um, my, you know, some delay times in, in response to support or emails or turning, you know, turnaround of, of projects. 
And that's when you really kind of have this like aha moment of, okay, I'm now starting to do the $12 an hour, the $5 an hour tasks that are holding me back from the, you know, the 400, you know, $500 an hour tasks, right. That, that are going to move mountains. So that's when, you know, I, I started to really kind of map out and say, okay, what, you know, two sheets of paper. One was, you know, what are those tasks that someone else can do? And what are the things that I should be doing that I really enjoy doing? And, you know, it's also at that point, that pattern where you start to feel kind of like the, the sensation of burnout, where you go, you know what, I love what I'm doing, but right. I, I can, I'm maxed out with the number of clients I can, I can deal with. I'm maxed out with the number of emails I can do with it in, in the tasks only grow, right. With every client, with every kind of service you have, it's right. all these little nuances that you may not realize until you do it for 10, 15, 20 people. And then you go, okay, something's got to change. I mean, we've hit this plateau. So for us, what we did is, is, you know, we were really focused on, okay, we were early on when we started out, when we built our first software as a service company for, for marketing. And we, you know, came from the real estate world where everyone was an independent contractor. We didn't really have a lot of people on salary. So you would wear 25 different hats already. And learned, you know, quickly that we could hire people that knew more than us in specific categories and say, you know, we're going to pay them to tackle these tasks to save money and, and, you know, evolve and grow to the next step. So, you know, having that kind of background, it was easy for us to be able to say, all right, we need to have someone like a VA start to do some of these other, other tasks. And those other tasks were typically being able to handle some of the specific details that either we couldn't automate through software, but yes. still needed a human touch and some expertise, whether it was what, you know, designing some graphics for a flyer or putting together, you know, an email campaign, or if it was setting up uh, some kind of reoccurring events that they needed to do that I kept forgetting about, right? Certain things that would start to pop up that we would learn. So over time, we've been kind of built this roadmap of saying, all right, here's all right. the things that need to happen once we get a client, right? And they need to go through these steps. And over time, it started to be where if I'm doing it all myself, I would forget, you know, steps two through eight, right? But I'd knock out step number one, I'd get busy. And then I'd rush to the next client or the current clients, try and handle them. And then all of a sudden those clients are like, hey, you know, the new clients are like, what happened? We're kind of in the dark here. We don't know what's going on. Right, right. Well, let's give everybody the agency blueprint for hiring a virtual assistant. So exactly what are the things that you feel an agency should give to a virtual assistant? Because we want it to be, we want this video to be valuable for the agency owner or staff that is thinking about outsourcing. Like I'm certain you're in the strategy, the upfront consultation, the the strategy part. That's probably something you can't leverage down. Is that correct? Right. Or Typically being, being the, the, you know, the face of the company, you, you, yeah, you want to be able to interact with them up front, right? So some of those things you can't necessarily offload, but it's the background work. So for us, 
what we looked at were, you know, can we find someone that can handle specific types of software, right? Can they handle, you know, active campaign or Infusionsoft? Can they connect some of those things? Right. Can they, you know, write some emails and gather, you know, leads from a newsletter and connect, you know, some of those things that just kind of ongoing background things that needed to happen from ongoing marketing but also being able to get requests from clients. So we have clients that were, you know, saying, Hey, we need animated ads. We need, you know, this video to be edited. We need you know, these static ads to be created. Well, we needed someone to then be able to create a contact, a, a intake form for those right. and find out how to then push that to the clients, send it to like Asana, right? Manage those details and then have a middleman to speak to the head designer and, and do all that kind of process and then send it back to the clients. Those are things that we couldn't take on. So we needed to find someone basically that said, are they good at project management? Um, do they have a, a design background, you know, in case we need someone to actually take over certain design aspects? Do they yep. know how to use certain types of software and tools? And really kind of wrote down the, the, the requirements that we felt that, you know, we would want someone to have and, and then some right? Things that we didn't know or, I, or, or couldn't do or learn. And that was you know, part of that blueprint. So understanding who you really want to hire first and making sure that they've got the right skill sets so right. that you can then start to pull them in and, and they can shadow you. So that's a big part of it too, is having them shadow us during all these yeah. times and kind of watch over our shoulder and say, this is how we're currently doing it. And if you think there's any way to streamline this, if there's any type of software or tools that you think that might be able to bridge the gap. So there's no redundancies and that's how it starts to, to evolve. And before you know it, they have uh, this, this kind of daily task and these, this roadmap that they should be following. And then, then you're going back to the things that you can focus on that is going to produce the most amount of business and make sure that you're marching forward and, and growing and not hitting that plateau. I love it. And I, what I heard is like, there's a marketing coordinator position. There's right. like a graphics design position. And then right. there's like a customer service intake kind of director of traffic position. Those are the three key areas that your agency uses virtual assistants for. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was big that we had someone that yeah, could handle the marketing coordination of being able to deliver certain assets to, to right. uh, people within the team. Those people may not, you know, our, our design team and our creative copywriting team really aren't project managers, right? So we needed right. someone to be a, more of like a project manager to step in and say, I'm going to, you know, talk to the design team and coordinate with them and make sure that we get the creative copywriting from the other team right. and that we can then send it over to the ad manager team and the ad manager team would review it in the report back to the client, but not just that, but then put together a really beautiful PDF presentation of the whole campaign and say, all right, we put it together. This is what it looks like. And, and that those kind of steps actually made us a little bit more polished 
and had a, a little bit more of a final kind of delivery. And then the rest of the team wasn't so stressed out, right? They, they weren't, you know, because they were kind of like, well, one team would, would get upset with another department, right? Because they didn't deliver their things on time. And then now yeah. someone else is having to double up their job. So marketing coordinator, project manager type of scenario, and someone that really also has a design background if they need to pick up the slack and, and yeah. jump in and say, you know what, the design team that we currently have is overloaded. Can you take over some of these tasks and, and knock out some of these design specs, right, that we need? I love it. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on camera is that you've been working remotely since 2004. So that's a unique thing. I mean, and now with coronavirus and everybody's kind of figuring out what are we going to do? How is this going to work? I I wanted to ask you, what are some of the lessons that you've learned working remotely and with virtual assistants that really would help other agencies to adopt this new kind of style of business model? Definitely. You know, for us, it was being able to have multiple different ways to communicate and you have to have different touch points that everyone else can access and and have a tangible kind of feel. So it was having the right types of tools like Asana for us is is one Slack, right? Slack channel, being able to actually keep track of things with, you know, we tried email starting out and we thought that we could all kind of communicate, you know, really well, you know, email and phone calls and that, that's just an easy way to miss a lot of steps and, and, you know, emails get buried down deep. So we try and keep away from emails, but as possible and focus just on our Slack channel, Asana. And then, you know, we have Facebook messenger that we'll communicate with and, and go back and forth from there. And then some zoom calls, right. And being able okay. to kind of plan, plan things out. So for us, it was because, because yeah, our entire company is kind of spread out throughout the, the world right? All yeah. over the country and different parts of the world. And knowing that um, having kind of this, this ability to communicate on Zoom and be able to see each other every once in a while was a nice way to keep that camaraderie and, and keep that, that, um, that feel. Because really, like I mentioned, since 2004, we had an office, we had a, you know, a, a two-story, pretty sizable office that would fit about 45 people. And yeah. We had a team of like 34 that worked for us at the time. Yeah. I would say I'd be in the office and only four people, you know, a day would only show up every now and then kind of spread it throughout the day. And we were commuting, communicating with everyone else already semi-virtually people that weren't showing up. Right. Or that right. you would wouldn't be there at the office. You'd be, you know, some somewhere else meeting with someone. So it was almost kind of like this precursor where we started to get trained on how to operate virtually and communicate with everybody and keep everyone updated. And one of those things is also making sure everyone's on the same page. That's, that's a big thing. So having kind of like a all hands on deck type of zoom meetings to give everyone updates and say, okay, here's what we're doing. This is what's going on. You know, this is how our current systems are working. Here's what we need to review. All that helped a lot. So the biggest tools I would say that we've been using are Slack, Asana, and and, and Zoom calls. And then, you know, the occasional kind of back and forth emails to schedule some of those items. I love it. I love it. What do you believe um, an agency could stand to either profit or save in time? Or what's the return on investment having this remote environment with virtual assistants? Anyways, for your company, if you just kind of what would be the alternative? And what do you think you've saved in time and money that, you know, you'd want to share with the audience? You know, really, it's 
when you when you when you compare it to having someone that's going to be in in a physical space working with you, right? That you're looking for a marketing coordinator, you're looking for right someone that can handle design all those tasks, right? You know, you're lo- you're looking anywhere from like sixty to you know eighty thousand dollars a year of someone that's going to be in a physical space that they are and they may not have the 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 right skill sets, you know, but they're still going to be an expensive asset. Um, right. So. For us, you know, we actually did interview someone early on and, and it was going to be you know, around like 50 to 60,000 a year. I remember going through about 10 different interviews, trying to find someone that was going to help us. And I was so frustrated because we were really early on and, and we didn't have the funds to do that. So we were kind of going, all right, we're just going to have to take our own salary cut. Plus we're probably going to have to, you know, take some money from here and, and position it in there just to get this person. And then at the end of the day, it was kind of like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, there's other people that have a much more rounded, well-rounded skill set that we can hire for a fraction of the cost. They're going to get more done, but also they're going to do it a lot, a lot better. Right. Yeah. So for us, we saved on real estate space. You know, I, I think that we saved basically around, I think, 40,000 a year in, in actual uh, real estate space. We saved then another around 50,000 a year on not having to hire an actual employee that's going to be in the office. So yeah. overall, you know, I would say that it's, you know, we've saved uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, year after year working as, as a virtual company. So we've been able to be lean and mean, and that's also helped us to be able to make decisions faster and move yeah. faster to where we can actually go uh, light years ahead of our competition, right? Because a lot of our competition is focused on, well, we need to hire someone in house, you know, we need a 6,000 square foot, you know, office with, you know, right. all of you know, new employees in our space. And, and then you've got, you know, insurance and HR with all these different specific details, you know, surrounding that and furniture. I mean, it just adds up. Everyone has a plan of what it's going to look like, but then you got to multiply that times all the other different variables. So for us, you know, we can easily, and that's what, that's the cool thing is each one of the companies in the marketing space that we've created, we've built with cash and it's been profitable with zero debt. Uh, right. So it, it, because of how we're built, it wouldn't be that story if we said we have a you know 5,000 square foot office with these employees, we would probably always be struggling to really have to hustle to make that next month and have that profit kind of built in there. And then you're working with this unreasonable type of demand where you're basically just hustling to make sure that the foundation of the real estate space and the furniture and the lights and the people there. And then you're last on the total pool. And I don't believe that's how it should be. Right. You should be able to say confidently, we have profit, you know, every single day and we're not rushing to try and make, you know, different decisions or price our services in an unreasonable way just to compensate for the, the current burden that we have. Uh, right. You know, that, that's a disservice to the customer. It's a disservice to the industry. And, and it certainly doesn't to your mental health, <laughs> any, any services there. So, you know, in the camaraderie for us, it's been fine. You know, we, we've met, um, you know, people on our team in person, you know, that we've, but we still have worked together for years and years. We've only met twice, you know, in person, yeah. it, you know, a lot of people think that they're going to, the work is going to slow down or the quality of it's going to slow down. If you find the right people that have the right passion, 
that have confidence and know what they're doing and you've got the right kind of management, then, you know, everyone is going to do what they do and they're going to do it well. Well, that, that's actually what leads me to the other question. Cause we asked how much money you believe you say hundreds of thousands a year. Right. But then my brain immediately goes to, but Travis, what's the quality like? Cause marketing's a, it's a skill, right? It's, creative it's generating leads it's building brands and so there's definitely a sub tier and then there's somebody who's doing great work and so how have you bridged that gap with virtual assistants so they can do great work for your clients and not have your clients go well this isn't the best work ever you know like how do you do that right right it's so you really have to you know put um yourself in in more of a training position and in teaching position you know which is 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 perfectly fine right because we should all be learning we should all be training for for the best you know uh, outcome if you look at most major companies that have done really well they have really good training so you can't hire someone and expect that they're going to know everything right off the bat and they're going to crush it for you right you know everyone's skill set is is different everyone's skill set enhances over time so if you are at your a game and you're really good at what you do then if you want someone else to learn that or take over that right then that needs to kind of be passed down and show someone and put that investment in of shadow me watch how i do it right watch what what we're doing you know, not everyone is going to, is going to be excellent across the board. They're not going to be everything to everyone, which they, they shouldn't be. Everyone's going to have different skill sets. So it's really about kind of uh, going through a little bit of an internal pressure test and, and filtering, uh, filtering out and vetting. All right. We've seen over the past, you know, 30 to 60 days, there's a couple of weak points that, you know, this, uh, you know, VA may not be great at, but there's some points that we have seen that we didn't know that that was your skill set. And obviously, you know, we want to leverage that. So let's put you more in this kind of position, right? And, right. and then really nurture that and say, how, where else can we foster your genius, right? With mm-hmm. what you do really well, and then shift certain things where, you know, if there's some gaps in there, train that person on, you know, where, where the weakness is and, and, and get them a little bit more supportive on what do they need and have open communication. So I think a lot of it kind of comes down to being able to communicate effectively, being able to ask, you know, what they need as well. Right. So, you know, we shouldn't always hire someone like a VA and just expect them to one know out of the gate how you operate or what your standards are. So you really got to have some sort of kind of uh, deep conversations and ongoing conversations and say, you know, we would like things to be done this way. You know, we, here's the roadmap of, of, you know, how we're going to create that. If you're not a good communicator and you're not willing to train, that's, that's where you're going to hit a lot of roadblocks, right. And mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have some setbacks. You're going to have to pay. You're basically going to have to go out and spend the 70, 80 or a hundred thousand dollars to hire somebody who's got a 10 year experience and and knows what they're doing. But if you want to do a $21,000 a year virtual assistant, you know, the offshoot is you've got to cut the communication and the training thing in place. That's got to be there. Right. And, and then, you know, once you do that, then it's done. Right. And, and now that person has this beautiful gift of, of knowing a new skill set. You know, I've hard, had our VA with you for, for years. Right. So, yeah. you know, and, and Leland uh, is really talented at what he does. And there's certain things that I've, you know, tasks I've kind of put on him recently for podcasts. 
you know, and so now he's editing audio and uploading podcasts mm-hmm. and doing different things, right? Things that I didn't know how to do, but that, you know, he, I referenced different, you know, online learning schools and the things that he, you know, we put him in touch with that. He learned that skill set and now he has that. So yeah, it's all, it's all about being able to understand what those individuals need and how to provide the right types of assets and and education and and be present there for them. I love it. Travis, thank you so much for sharing that, you know, piece of that secret sauce of how an agency should use a virtual assistant. I think it's been really awesome to kind of chat with you, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the state of the marketing world, because we're going through this massive transition, you know, half of the salespeople in the world, relied on hugs and handshakes and relationships to sell. And now you, you have this mass group of people who are like, Oh crap, I got to go digital now. I got, I got to, I got to upgrade my brand. I got to get a new message out there and and I've got to start implementing some of the things that you guys have been doing for your clients for years. So I'd love to pick your brain about making that transition. Like talk to me about what you're seeing in the marketplace, what's happening for companies that really are trying to embrace digital marketing now for the first time. What, what What are you seeing right now? It's, it's funny. So we mentioned handshakes and, and, you know, kind of lunches and dinners. Yeah. I see you shaking your head kind of like what, you know, networking in-person networking to me was the, one of the biggest time wasters, right? Going yeah. to lunches. I remember, you know, talking to my dad when I was in my early twenties and he got a phone call and I was in his office kind of hanging out with him that day. And we we're going to go up to our, our family ranch. And I said, what was that phone call about? Cause he, he, he said, no, thanks. You know, I don't, I don't do that. He said, he said, Oh, he said, I get a phone call about once a day asking uh, someone asked if they can take me to lunch uh, mm-hmm. to kind of pick my brain. And, and, and I said, what do you say? He said, I say, no, he said, I don't do lunches. He said, lunches are yeah. a waste of time. He said, if you're, if you're in the real business and getting things done, you already know what you're supposed to be doing. And it's not taking people to lunches. He said, that's an right. hour that you lose, right? You know, and, and so he just kind of went over like this process. And I've always felt the same way. I went to networking events, you know, I did a couple lunches, you know, and, and those things. And those, those are just huge time wasters, right? So what you, what you figure out once you actually kind of go online is yeah. that you are an, an efficient machine, right? When you start to get into, it's just emails, you know, uh, zoom calls, right. All those kind of things. So the, the sales world today and the marketing world today online is really being able to automate, um, a systematic process where you can continually set up conversations that are filtered, right. That are cherry picked that you're not in a networking environment where you're bumping into people asking what they do and trading business cards, right. That's never going to get you anywhere. So what we've done and, and what we've actually done for some of our clients is you set up this process of having different digital touch points that all lead to a Calendly schedule, right? right? right. So for me, that's on my website. If you want to schedule a call with me, it's on some of my Facebook ads. It's, you know, kind of sprinkled out in these different places. Now, what they do there is they, they go to Calendly, they schedule an appointment, and I ask them a series of different questions. And, and if they can't answer them, you know, correctly with budget and time frame and all those things, then it's not worth my time, right? And then, right. and then we route them to a different thing. 
So we even have a product quiz, take this product quiz and it'll then right. put you into a different thing. And if, and so we try and automate as much as possible and say, and turn more of our services into e-commerce. You want to give people the accessibility of being able to access your products with just a couple mm-hmm. of clicks where they always don't have to be routed through uh, a human. Now, if it's a certain price point, and for us, if it's over $2,000, then we take a phone call, right? They have right. to go through us, they go through the system, and then it books it in my calendar, and then I know that day I've got three calls, I'm jumping on those calls and talking to some right. individuals, right? And right. then from there, we set up a proposal in PandaDoc, uh, PandaDoc is a great system. We send that out to them. They sign. There's an invoice in PandaDoc they have to pay. That gets sent out. It triggers a Zapier connection that sends them an email that says, welcome you know, to our company. It also triggers an email sequence that goes to my team that says, hey, so-and-so has just signed up with them. Reach out. They set up an account in Asana. A Google form is instantly sent back to them saying, we need these digital you know, assets and passwords. Fill this out. They fill that out. A good email goes back to our, our operation manager. So really, it's about automating as much as you can from the sales process to the internal intake onboarding process to just getting it all kind of teed up and structured because your goal is to get in front of as many people as possible and not do the tasks of writing this and sending that out and copying and pasting and all of that. So for us, really it's about being highly visual. There's a lot more, I mean, so for instance, the past four months, I've done a little over 136 webinars. Jeez. Yeah, 136 different webinars. Those are marketing webinars. Those are webinars where you're either you know on a podcast or a webinar where we're you know doing a full presentation. Or it's a conference that we're doing. And before you know, uh, when I would see you like on the road, it would be yeah. maybe every five six weeks I would be in a different city, right? And then I would you know do talk on stage and then fly back and I you know knock those out. Right now. It's important to be everywhere as much as you can, but also there's so much opportunity. People are looking for speakers, looking for people yeah. that are educated in a specific topic. They, you know, everyone's at home online. We're not flying to Las Vegas to be with 3000 people to see someone on stage. So you've got huge opportunity to be in a lot of places at once and then being able to really get your voice out and be heard and build a personal brand and build a presence. So for me, I'm taking a lot of my talks and I turn them into automated webinars. And then I actually just drive traffic to an automated webinar using Stealth Seminar. People watch that and then it puts them into an Infusionsoft campaign, right, for eight weeks. And then I have an, a couple offers in there and then they sign up for one of my services, they don't sign up for that. Then it sends them to another service, but they don't sign up for that, sends them to another service. And then I retarget wow. them, right? So there's so many opportunities on a virtual level to really be out there, but automating the sales process of having a good lead magnet that's you know running through Facebook ads and Instagram ads, building that traffic, getting them into some sort of information type of marketing with webinar or white paper or case study, whatever it is, and then following up with those campaigns, right? Uh, there's, I mean, I, I can go really deep in, into all the different things that we use like Clavio to identify how many people have been on our Shopify website. And then we have mm. our salesperson reach out manually because they see that they looked at that one product 12 times, right? right. And they, 
past 18 days. And they say, hey, you know, if you have any questions, you know, I'm, I'm here. So there's leverage technology, leverage automation, leverage software, all of those tools plus a VA to fill in the gaps, the things you can't automate is going to save so much money and save a lot, right? I mean, I, 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 we would we would really actually, if we didn't have like the software we had, we would have four to five full-time employees doing all of those tasks, which would probably be a little over a quarter million, you know, uh, a year. So we really save it. a lot. I love it. One, um, I wanted to ask you about Walled Garden. I know yeah. it's a new product. Uh, you guys are just launching it. Yep, yep. Uh, and so I'm excited about hearing that evolution because you guys, as an agency, you've kind of created some products over time and this is your latest iteration. And usually those iterations just get better and better over time, you know? So talk right. to us about Wild Garden. What, what is it? How does it work? What does it do? And, and why would somebody be interested in that? Definitely. So, you know, for, for us, I started off doing all the ads by myself in about seven years ago, I was in my, my dusty garage you know, with a pulled down, you know, thing. And it was kind of slightly broken and I was surrounded by just junk and didn't yeah. have like fluorescent lights that were kind of, you know, barely working awesome. like neon kind of flickering. Right. And I was in there building all the ads myself, doing everything myself. Um, I had kind of outgrown my you know space in the house because we had a, you know, our, our newborn, uh, our little baby girl that just came in. And so I was building those. And then we hit a point where then, you know, I, I said, we need help, hired someone to start helping me with managing those hired an ad manager, you know, someone virtually. And then we had, you know, Leland that helped us kind of grow with, with you guys and handle some of those tasks. So then I could get more clients and win those clients. And then we were operating as a Facebook advertising agency where yeah. now we have an entire team manually doing all of this work, but we were building custom campaigns. But one of the things we kept getting asked again and again was, can you guys build Facebook ads for just individual real estate listings? Um, so if agent got a property, they wanted to market that listing. Well, that, you know, that's a lot of man hours to take on, you know, let's say 50 or a hundred, a couple hundred, you know, ads for one listing where it's not right. ongoing. It's not evergreen. It's, it's, you know, a short fragment of time, maybe, 10 days, maybe 30 days. And it can get really expensive really quick where you would need a team of people. And it, take, it, took, uh, it takes an, like an average of almost two hours to create this kind of campaign manually, right? Right. You've got to get the ad manager, you've got to create, you know, the Facebook ad copy, the ad creative, the targeting, right? You know, the Zapier to connect all, all those details, the lead ad form, the privacy policy, built a single property website for it, right? All of that conversion with a client to get specific details. So about two hours to create just one ad. And that one ad might only run for, you know, 10, 15, 20 days. And the cost that we charge wasn't really going to be valid for, for that, right? You know, we charge right. in our agency thousands of dollars. So we said, you know what, we need to find a way to make this super easy. So we built basically a Facebook marketing software that almost like an e-commerce do-it-yourself style where a real estate agent can log in, they find their listing and then three clicks. So less than 30 seconds, a Facebook ad is instantly created for the real estate listing, they put the credit card details. And then about 10 minutes later, it's off and running, generating leads, getting seen by thousands of people automatically sending people to a beautiful single property website. That's instantly created within 50 milliseconds of creating wow. the app. 
So wow. it's, it's all, it's all done for them. Um, and we use all the strategies we've learned over the past seven years, we bake it into the software. So it makes all those decisions for them on who to target, what kind of ad copy to use, um, you know, the whole structure, it's all done for them at a fraction of the cost. So it's $39 plus 15% of the ad spend, uh, for each ad. So that way they don't have to sign up for a monthly fee. There's not like a big setup fee. There's no subscription. They're not having to hire an outside ad manager to, to do it for them, or they're not hiring someone that they found, you know, randomly in a Facebook group. That's only watched maybe like 15 YouTube videos of, you know, creating yes. ads and like, Oh, I'll do it for you for, you know, 800 bucks a month. Right. And you don't know if they know what they're doing or not. So this just does it all for them. They don't have to really do much, just three clicks and it's done. And it's automated. So it's taking the hard legwork out of it. And that's a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we've been able to run, I mean, like I mentioned, you know, ran 35,000 leads that have been generated in the past, you know, four months. Probably been pretty inexpensive leads, right? I'm guessing that they are low cost. What are you averaging for those 35,000? I don't know if you have that number off the top of your head, but $2.17 $2.17 per lead. So some are coming in at 50 cents, some are coming in at 80 cents, uh, some are coming in at $5.25, but on average, $2.17 per lead. Because it's a national platform, so some markets are more expensive than others, and it just depends right. what the volume of ads are out right. there. So that's very average, cool. Average cost per lead when you're building those on, on your own is, is in between 7 to $14. So our, our software, just a lot of machine learning to, to get that down. There's, there's a lot of kind of details in the software I won't bore you about, but, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it works well. Cool, man. And okay, so if somebody wanted to get a hold of you because they think this product might be a fit or they like this interview or they want to hear more, what, what are the best places to find Travis? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, there's uh, my main website, travistom.com. So last name is T-H-O-M. Then there's also elevatedrem.com or just connect with me on my Facebook page. That's where I am the most. And hit me up through Messenger. There you go. Travis, thank you so much for sharing. If you're listening and you want to implement virtual assistance for your agency, I would encourage you to get a copy of our book. It's Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. You can do so by texting 31996. That's the number in the text message. And this is the message, SVP. So scale with virtual professionals. You'll get a free copy of our book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. Travis, once again, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. 